Hey everybody, Joe Diesel here. Welcome back to the Hour of Power. Uh, Jesse is with us. Jesse, there? Maybe not. Is that you? Yeah, it's me. This is Jesse. Well, you made it. Uh, did you have a good week this week? I did have a good week. I burnt my hand because some uh, dumb girl was trying to prove I was Superman because of my dashing good looks. You made that up, didn't you? I did not. I you made did that not up. at all. No, I didn't. I didn't make it up at all. Whoever wrote Superman three made it. Superman two made it up. Uh, uh, yeah, see that right? That proves you just made that. I can't believe you'd make that up. Every week you do something cool, and this week it. you did nothing, did you? You didn't do anything this week, did you? I I did. I played your eyes, Superman two. Isn't that enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Uh, gee whiz. All right. Uh, uh, what is this? This is March, isn't it? It is March. Good well, to I, uh, yeah, so <laughs> this being March, uh, three years ago, uh, we started this show. So, uh, this month. So we're now entering our, uh, fourth year of doing this show so yeah it's been fun hasn't it have you had fun I have had fun lots happened in those three years yeah <laughs> yeah you're right it has so yeah uh, so yeah thanks everybody for uh, support and well wishes and uh, the fun thing is that very first uh episode I did was a Superman episode. Uh, if you go back and listen to it, it's really, really, really dated now. <laughs> I'd like to think uh, we've gotten a lot better at uh, doing this, uh, but, you know, sometimes it's fun to listen to where we started and go, wow, I can't believe I did that. Wow. All right. Uh, so here we are. Uh, it's it's March, three years later. There is a Superman uh, movie coming out this month, and... Uh, and the run up to that we are we've been covering uh Superman and we have finally made it in this journey of up to this movie. We finally made it to Superman the movie. Um and today weren't we talking to somebody who said, How come you didn't do that one first? Why are you doing it last? Because we saved the best for last? Yeah. Hey, well that's uh, what uh. I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> all the other ones, you know, and we've done shows on all of them, all the movies. You can go and listen to them. They got their pros and cons. But this one, uh, this one is my favorite Superman movie. Uh, maybe someday they will uh, make one that I think is better. But I, so far, I just don't see it. What do you think? Where does this Superman movie fit for you? Uh, it fits uh, right behind uh, George Reeves' as Superman. I always love George Reeves more. Right. Uh, George Reeves is fun, and I mean, let me say this about that: we were go- we were we were planning on getting to the Adventures of Superman before uh, Superman Batman movie came out, and we didn't get to it. So, but uh, we definitely are going to get to that because I love that show too. It's a really fun show. Uh, but this is right behind there for you. So, uh, if that's your favorite screen version of Superman. Would you say George is your favorite Superman? Uh, yes, I would say that. Yes. Okay. So, like I, uh, I like to look like a big, fat drunkard. What? <laughs> I, said, I like my Superman to look like a look big, like fat drunkard. You didn't look like a drunkard in that show. <laughs> you're just trying to get me off topic. You're trying to get me to do the Adventures of Superman show right now, aren't you? Based on 50 standards, I guess he was built, but, you know, that was 50 standards. <laughs> well, he also did wear a pe- – well, yeah, you did. You're trying to get me off this topic here and get me into that show. We can't. I can't say that yet because that's for the other – that's for that show. <laughs> we got a caller. I'll just bring them up. I think uh, – hey, uh, caller, are you there? Yeah, it's, it's Landon. Hey, Landon. Uh, Landon is no stranger. You were you've been on with us for quite a few of these uh, Superman uh, Batman shows. We've been uh, 
in the run-up to the movie. Uh, so uh, we finally made the Superman movie, and I just uh, asked Jesse this. Uh, I don't know if we actually t- talked about this yet. Uh, what's your favorite screen version of Superman? Um, like, unlike a lot of people, I really do like Man of Steel, but I, I still have to go with the classic. I Christopher Reeve was Superman for me when I was growing up. He was my first exposure to it. And I, I, I'd even, I'd probably say that, yeah, Superman 1 still ranks as my favorite. Though I do, since Jesse brought up uh, the the George Reeves show, there was one other thing that I was recommending you cover before we got to Man of Steel. Hollywoodland. Ben Affleck oh, yeah. plays George Reeves as Superman. It, like, brings everything full yeah. circle. It does. Uh, yeah, that's another one we were talking about, but we could we didn't get to it. Oh, so little time. <laughs> but uh, that will be another one we'll get to, and we'll have to get to that after the uh, Batman Superman movie uh, does come out. So, yeah, Superman the movie. A lot of people, uh, every time I hear about Christopher Reeve uh, playing Superman, a lot of people speak about that with... Uh, uh, some fondness, uh, some admiration. Uh, um, yeah, but it, it wasn't always that way. I mean, even when he uh, made it way back then, a lot of people didn't want to do it because of the typecasting. It's, it's fun to watch that come around now. There's not so much. Nobody's really worried about typecasting anymore nowadays and being a superhero, uh, are they? It's uh it's really a way different climate now than it was when they made it. And way back then, this really was, this movie, Superman the movie, really was the first big-budgeted uh, comic book movie that was trying to, that was done uh, with a pretty serious take, as if it was really happening. And that's hard to remember, too. <laughs> Maybe Jesse can remember that because he's so old. I'm like a month older than you. You can you can go to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, when this was made, this was a struggle to get this movie made. And uh, I know we talked about this a little bit before, uh, especially right before Man of Steel came out. But uh, we can go into a little bit more depth now. Uh, We're going to be going uh, for an hour now. I don't see uh, why we can't go into that. A little bit of struggle for this because nobody thought this was going to do anything. Nobody took this seriously. Nobody thought it was going to make any money. But it's fun to go back and look at who was considered for Superman and some of the other various parts. Uh, You guys have looked at that stuff, right? Uh, Landon, have you ever looked at that? Uh, I've been here and there, yeah. Uh, Jesse, you've seen some of that. I I have seen nothing about that. I don't know who they had. Uh, I just enjoy the Superman movie. I don't need all that extra stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, listen to you! But you got all that extra. Uh, he almost did that again. Uh, that they were just looking at everybody who was male and an actor and a certain age <laughs> at that time. Uh, just I mean, Clint Eastwood was on there. What's that? Yeah. Uh, no, Christopher Walken auditioned for Han Solo, not Superman. Christopher Walken was considered. Oh, for Superman? Yeah, he was considered, Here's the important yeah. question. Was George Reeves considered? Look at you trying to get me to go back talking about George Reeves again. Hey, we'll get to that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll get that. So, uh, all kinds of people were considered. James Conn, Charles Bronson, Burt Reynolds, Ryan O'Neill, John Boyd, Robert Redford, Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Schwarzenegger. Uh, Sylvester Stallone really wanted it, too. Sylvester Stallone really lobbied hard to get that role. Um, he's a big fan. I mean, 
that's great that he's a big fan, but he's just not right for the part. Uh, I think we all are in agreement on that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, pretty much, even for Lois Lane, uh, if you were an actress and within the right age frame, you were probably considered or looked at for the part. So, yeah, they went they went everywhere to look for everybody. And there's a great documentary about this on the uh, Superman. Well, it's probably on every edition of it now. <laughs> where you can see some behind-the-scenes footage on there and where they'll talk about all of that. Uh, I I always thought they should have cast Rich Hall as Superman. From that, do you remember oh. that Saturday Night Live sketch with Rich Hall and Chris Reeves? Uh, okay. Do you I remember will that? have to see that again, but I don't remember yeah. it enough. But I do remember having seen it. Where they 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 made him do everything that Superman was supposed to be able to do in the sketch, and the movie, uh-huh. and Chris Reeves couldn't catch the bullet with his teeth. And Rich Hall could, but he couldn't do the movie because he had a commercial to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it could have been Rich Hall. It could have been. What could have been? What could have been? <laughs> it's, uh brings tears to your eyes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, since you did bring up um, Christopher Walken auditioning for uh, Han Solo, there is Star Wars connections to this movie. You know that? Besides that, you know that, right? Yeah. I can see a few, yeah. You know, you know what they are? Uh, did George Lucas uh, release a uh, director's cut of uh, a Superman the movie where he no. added in all... George Lucas <laughs> did not. But uh, John Barry was a production designer, and uh, he worked on Star Wars. Uh, David yeah. Prowess uh, worked out with uh, he was Christopher Reeve's personal trainer on this. So there's some there's some Star and Wars. John I think George Lucas might have been considered as a director also, and uh, I think a lot of people are going, well, thank God because he brought us Star Wars, and other people are oh. saying, well, thank God because he's not a very good director. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, we talked about before on a previous show. Uh, the the Salkins were really the guys that got this uh, movie going, and they went to uh, DC and got the rights for it, and they went to Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers helped them finish it. But it was really their baby. Yeah. To really get it going. That's kind of hard to think about nowadays. Nowadays, you know, it ain't nothing to be, for there to be a superhero movie coming out from everywhere. But, uh, yeah. back then, that's just kind of tough to think back then that they, this was really, really the first one. Um, yeah. Uh, we know, uh, Richard Donner got the job. What was that? Guy Hamilton, he was directed first. He, uh, he was actually signed to direct. He directed James Bond, didn't he? Yeah. He directed the one without Sean Connery and uh, Roger Moore in the middle there, the one with uh, George Lazenby. Oh, the one with uh, George Lazenby? Lazenby, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Not like anybody cares well, that was about pretty that good. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. Do you, did you like that one, Jesse? That uh, that James Bond, yes, but don't get me off topic. We're talking about Superman with Christopher Reeves. Trying to get me off topic, are you? Oh, are, am I? Did I do that? <laughs> well, see, you've been trying to do that to me all night. <laughs> so far. So, yeah, you have those guys. Now, Richard Donner, he made The Omen. Man, The Omen's a good little movie, isn't it? Did you guys, did you like The Omen, Landon? Oh yeah, definitely. It was a great movie, which I, that's kind of a weird, another weird connection because with Batman and Superman coming out, all the other heroes they're going to be getting their movies soon afterwards, and that precedent actually is very comforting because last I heard, James Wan is going to be making Aquaman. So <laughs> yeah, and he made Saul and uh, a bunch of other ones. 
So, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, in that respect, that is. Now, uh, one of the things I've always liked about what Richard Donner said about making this Superman movie, he had that mantra there in his office, and uh, I think he had, he made a bigger sign, too, to put on the set, was uh, verisimilitude. And he would say, and he says this in the documentary, uh, it had to have its own reality. It had to have its own honesty. It didn't have to be real. It just had to seem real. And I just butchered his quote there. But I've always liked that because uh, nowadays we're getting into everybody saying, well, it's got to be real like it happened in the real world. It's got to be real like in the real world. And I think if you do that, and I know we've talked about this on the show before, I, I think when you do that, I think you take a little bit away from the character, a little bit of the appeal of the character. And I just think Richard Donner was spot on with that and just did a stupendous job with that because when you watch it, I mean, it it doesn't take place in the real world. It's, it's Superman. But, you know, it, you kind of feel like uh, it could happen that way. But... uh uh, what do you guys think about uh, Landon? What do you think about Richard Donner's uh, verisimilitude? Uh, I think the internal consistency is really good and important because while well, there's this uh, there's this really famous cartoonist Alex Ross who paints super realistic style of superheroes, and he well he worked on this book with Kurt Music called Astro City, and Another famous superhero, well, it's it's a story about a city full of superheroes. And it, there was another famous story, Watchmen. It got made into a movie as well. And the whole idea behind Watchmen was superheroes in the real world. And Astro City was real people in the world of superheroes. And it's quite a bit different. The whole idea is once you start introducing all these superhero elements... It stops being the real world, and we just it's really interesting to see and follow where that actually goes and to a large degree, I think Richard Donner did a good job of that okay well, what do you think, Jesse? I think he used a five dollar word for uh they something could be displayed in a two minute uh two dollar sentence uh you know uh. Donner, I mean, he 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 did an excellent job on the movies because you know, as long as he made it seem real enough, uh, they, 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 as uh, most people say, you don't have to make it realistic. You just have to make you know small connections between you and uh, Superman. Like when his dad dies, we've all had you know somebody die in our family, so it connects you. Yeah, you know, that's all you need is those connections. You don't really need to. Uh, Actually, uh, what's the catchphrase of the movie? Uh, you'll believe a man can fly. You know, yeah. I still don't believe a man can fly, but that was awesome that you know that movie. So you know, as long as yeah. it feels real. Yeah, and that uh, the whole flying effects—they spent a lot of money on those flying. Really trying to get that right. They did a lot of uh, there's there's footage of them uh, in the documentary I referred to of uh, them shooting a dummy up into the air. <laughs> Yeah, just a a mannequin with a Superman suit. They tried some animation. They tried all kinds of different things. But what they really wanted was, they really wanted it to look like he was really flying because they had never really done that before. The uh, Kirk Allen serial, he was animated. And, all right, that's a cartoon. Um, The George Reeves show, that was for... That was for TV. They didn't have any money on that show. Oh, there I go again. Uh, you did it again, Jesse. So, <laughs> but uh, what they did there was good for uh, their t- the TV show. So then you get into the movie, and uh, I I really think what they did with these flying effects, and they created a whole camera system. It was uh, the Zoptic uh, camera system. Uh, I think they really... I think those flying effects stand up today and look just as good as any computer flying effects uh, today. I, I, they just look awesome. And I think we talked about it before, but the, when they skip money on the sequels, you can tell that you can see it's progressively worse than those. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the flying, Landon? Ironically, there is one exception to the 
well, I guess sequels about the flying effects looking worse. And that would be Supergirl. Oh yeah, well that, I was just talking about the I was just talking about the direct sequels to uh this movie. Yeah, direct sequels. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah the the flying and supergirl did look good, for, yeah. Yeah, eventually What's it does that? get to the point where just really clearly he's on a blue screen. And then when you get to Superman four they're just reusing the same shot over and over again for the whole movie. But yeah, they they put a lot of effort into making it really strong and realistic and uh, even the moments where he's flying with Lois it, you just really believe it the whole time that, that it's lit really well the spatial orientations really well and the backdrop's believable though the only oh, yeah. one though that does bring up one complaint I do have with Superman the movie and yeah uh, and the sequels that I don't have with about any other adaptation of Superman, they really clearly New York doubled everything. And it, like, I didn't notice as a kid, I don't, but now it's like, oh, oh, he's in New York. And they didn't yeah. really make Metropolis feel like its own city, which most other versions have done a good job of. Yeah. And they have a Statue of Liberty in it, for Pete's sake. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they spent all the money on the flying. They couldn't uh, get that statue out of there. <laughs> well, and they spent all the money on Brando too. Oh, okay. let's get uh, yeah, let's get Brando a little bit. Uh, so, I think we've uh, have, have you guys heard the story where Brando suggested that. Uh, only his voice be used, and uh, there he actually be a glowing bagel on screen. A glowing what? Nobody's heard. Nobody's heard that. Jesse, you've heard that, right? Yes, Brando is a glowing bagel. I don't know what he thought he people were seeing when they look at him. He is a glowing bagel. He was, and he definitely was a glowing bagel later on in his life. Uh, I just. Uh, <laughs> And I know we talked about this uh, with our uh, Richard Stanley show and the Island of Moreau, Dr. Moreau show. I just, I just don't see what's so incredibly awesome about Brando. It's lost on me. <laughs> but uh, I understand why they got him uh, for this movie because he was a name. He wasn't bankable at that time. He had lost his bankability, really. But he was still able to be paid three point seven million plus a percentage of the profits for for twelve shooting days. <laughs> That's a lot. Wow. And yes. yeah. And he was able to uh sue them because he said they didn't give him all his money and uh not use him uh for the sequel because they were gonna have to pay him uh money for that. Lots and lots of money for that. But, yeah, that's Brando. Everybody uh, looks up to him. Uh, what do you think yeah. about that, Jesse? What do I think about people looking up to uh, Brando? Uh, I've never understood it. He yeah. uh, he never remembered his lines. He always had to have somebody else on stage with some cue cards so he could read cue cards. Uh, he... Uh, was supposed to be a really big crap head on uh, sets, always trying to cause as much trouble as he could. So uh, I don't see how he's worth it. Yeah. Uh, what Let do you think, Landon? Oh. Go on, Jesse. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, they, they could have hired thought, Jesse. Performance. They could have got uh, Sterling Hayden. Yeah. And he probably would have done a better performance. Probably. <laughs> yeah, don't bone me. Yeah, this is what we need Jeremy yeah. Lee Riley to do. Yeah. yeah, where's Jeremy at when you need him? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Brando's not, he's not a bad actor. I just don't see why everybody's so 
all over that. So what do you think, Lyda? Do you uh Oh, I think it what you I can't think it's the big draw the home method thing of just whenever somebody's that intense about something, you tend to respect it whether or not the result is actually good. Uh, I think that might be part of it. But, yeah. I, I've okay. never been a big brand of myself either, so I'm, I'm also not a good person to ask. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I am probably one of the five uh, people well, in the world who have seen the Godfather trilogy, so, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, talking about Brown, let's go to the Krypton scenes. Now, uh, one of the things about this movie, and uh, the writer points this out in uh, the documentary, it's like it's this is like three different movies. When you go to Krypton, everybody speaks in this high and stilted uh, English. Well, it's it's Kryptonian translated into English. <laughs> and uh, when you get to Kansas, it's uh, Andrew Wyeth, and then when you get to Metropolis, it's a comic strip. Things are faster. Things are there's uh, more jokes. And I think you can really see that in this movie. I never really noticed it as a kid, but uh, I think that's a great... I think they did a good job of dividing everything up like that because the Krypton scenes, uh, I think those sets are great, and I think Krypton looked great. Uh, what do you think about Krypton, Jesse? I think uh, Krypton uh, looked a lot better than uh, any other movie that's, per, uh, that's shown it. Uh, Especially in Man of Steel, because, you know, uh, at least uh, in uh, the first Superman, it was an original thought concept and didn't look like a scene out of Avatar. So. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a good set. Uh, it's, when you look at it, it's, it's really uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking here for? Not blank, but it's very open. There, you know, there's not a whole lot of scenery. Uh, yeah, it's not busy. Yeah, it's not busy at all. It's not overcrowded. Right. It's minimal. Yeah. A lot of crystals. Uh, Landon, what do you think about what do you think about the Krypton section? Uh, I think it really got the job done first time around. The when they went with the whole idea of everything is crystals, it really made for a unique look for things. And it's something that a lot of other media has copied since. Uh, the animations copied it to some degree. The um, Smallville copied it quite a bit. The, the fortress on Smallville looks almost identical to the fortress in the Christopher Reeve movie. And I think it was almost done so well, that's why... Man of Steel had to go in a really different direction just to differentiate themselves because yeah. when you have the whole idea of everything's crystal versus everything's steel and when something's that iconic that you just have to break from it without seeming to avoid seeming derivative that's something kind of special yeah oh yeah and uh, there's just great shots of the sun clashing into the planet and blowing it up, and you get uh, that's a great moment in that movie. You got, uh, of course, you got the great John Williams score there to accentuate all of that stuff. Another Star Wars. Oh, film, right? yeah, we're up at. The... Yeah, that's right. That is another one. <laughs> but. Uh, I was just looked at the time, and we're uh, up against a break again. This is just flying on by, and uh, we'll be right back momentarily. Are you sick and tired of your stupid screw-ups in life? Do you constantly make bad decisions like ordering foul-tasting food or letting your friends fall to their bloody deaths from tall buildings? 
How about finally working up the courage to tell that special woman you love her, only to discover she's been dead for a year? Well, your time of being a sick, sad sack screw-up is over with, with Superman World Reverse. That's right, Superman World Reverse. Superman World Reverse. Superman will fly around the world at super speed, reversing the world and reversing time for you. With Superman World Reverse, Superman will undo all of your stupid, moronic choices. Order that steak medium rare and not well, well done. Stop yourself from tossing your friend Billy off of that tall building. Tell that special lady you love her before she dies. With Superman World Reverse, you can have it all. Superman World Reverse. Call today as the world can only travel in reverse for a limited number of times. Warning. Superman will not really reverse time for you, but the Superman World Reverse Company will take your money and not give it back. All right, we're back talking about Superman the movie, and we were just talking about uh, Krypton. Um, I I think we touched on this in uh, the Superman 2 show, but uh, the criminals are in the beginning of this movie, and uh, one of the first things you see, besides that cool uh, shot coming in on Krypton, is the tr- their little the end of their trial, not the whole trial, but the end of the trial where they're finally condemned to the Phantom Zone and sent off. Um, what a great scene to start with. I just always thought that was a, a really good scene to pull you in and kind of show you this is kind of different from uh, some of the other comic book uh, adaptations that have been done up to this point. Uh, what do you think about that, Jesse? Jesse, there? there? Lander, I mean, are you there? Jesse, yeah. is that you? Yeah. So what do you think about that, Jesse? What do I think about what? <laughs> you weren't no. there. Landon, were you there? Did you hear what I said? I was there, yeah. Uh, I really do think it, it it has a lot of grandeur, and it's just a good way to just sell how vast and big and beautiful the world this movie's trying to create is. Starting off with that scene with the end of the trial and placing the criminals into the Phantom Zone. Jesse, any comments on that? I I mean, to to me, I mean, it doesn't seem as uh, important for this movie. You know, it, it seems like that, that, that scene was probably shot for the beginning of two more than it was would be for one. I mean, it's a, it's a nice little, uh, if you want to say this, uh, the first Superman movie was already building a cinematic universe because they had Zod in the first movie, so he could be introduced in the second movie. No. Uh oh. <laughs> well, uh, Superman the movie uh, and Superman two were written at the same time, and they always, always planned to have a two. Because when they shot two and one at the exact same time, so they they always one of the plans with it was when it was going to end. We'll go to the end first, and then talk some about the middle since we're talking about this bit. Jesse brought this up. <laughs> Good segue. Uh, so the end of this this movie ends with a Superman reversing time. This wasn't supposed to end that way. Number two was supposed to end that way. This was supposed to end with uh, Superman releasing the villains from the Phantom Zone with one of those missiles, like you see in the Donner Cut. So they they always wrote this with the, this setup in mind, and it was supposed to sort of harken back to uh, the serials uh, back in those days and that type of uh, storytelling. And there was another uh, movie that came out a year before this that, Harking back to that too, and that that was called Star Wars. So, <laughs> a lot of these guys at this time, you know, they grew up on those serials, so they're just kind of putting that uh, what they knew and what they loved, trying to make it better. 
But they always planned that. I always thought that was interesting, and uh, I think we mentioned this on the second Superman 2 also. It would have been fun to see exactly how that would have panned out if he got to finish all of that that way and how this was going to happen. Um, but when they got to the end of it, you guys have seen the documentaries, right? You've heard this story, right? Landon, have you heard this? For the most part, yeah. I probably need my memory refresh, but probably yes. Yeah, so this was this actually turned into a troubled production. Uh, Donner and the Salkins were fighting each other. The budget kept ballooning. Warner Brothers kept saying, hey, this looks really good. Maybe we'll put more money into it and buy a bigger stake in it. And the Salkins saw their money dwindle, which uh, upset them. So they said, well, you know what, we're going to stop shooting this now, and then we're going to finish one, concentrate all on finishing one. So that's what they did, and that's why the world reverse ended in there, because they didn't have an ending for it, and they didn't know if they are going to be able to finish two at that point, so they stopped it. So, yeah, Jesse, I think you are right. They actually uh, were building an expanded cinematic Superman universe at that time. <laughs> I, I can't believe the fact that you doubt I was right. It, it should have been already known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Salkins have done that. They did that with uh, Three Musketeers, too. They shot, except with that movie, they were shooting two movies at the same time, but they didn't tell the actors that. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you sometimes that was like exciting for the actors. What's that? I said, you ever get the feeling that the Salkins basically made films that uh, the younger Salkin, the son, was like, I love this as a kid. Let's make a movie. It's like... And his dad's like, whatever, do whatever you want, kid. You ever get that feeling? They may have. That was definitely the case with Superman. This was definitely all uh, Elia. He he was a big Superman fan and said, hey, you know what? Why don't we just make a Superman movie? And they pursued the rights and they got it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's uh What do you think about the world turning in? Since we're talking about that, what do you think about the world turning ending, Landon? Should they try should they have tried something different there, or do you think they went with the right thing? I mean, it is a cool, spectacular ending. It's a big cinematic ending. What do you think about that, Landon? It is a cool, spectacular ending. I think, realistically, it fit better at the end of two. Uh, also, just, wow, the science behind that, it, it just it boggles the mind. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I can see Superman doing that and thinking he's he was going to reverse time and then coming back down to Earth and, oh, my God, I created all these seismic events. It's, a, it's an apocalypse and I caused it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Should they have done that? Should they? Do you think they made the right decision to end one that way? Uh, or should they have no, tried no. something else? I think they should have ended one with uh, Lois Lane dying because uh, – when you look at Christopher Reeves and you look at Margot Kidder, the only thing I can ever think of is he could do better. <laughs> and then they uh, can add I thought she was a pretty good loss. I thought she was a good oh, loss, Lane. I didn't mind her at all. You didn't like her as Lois Lane? I, she was a good loss, Lane. She's just hard to look at. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. She and ain't that hard to look at in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she's hard to look at in Superman the movie? I, I do. I think that uh, every time I watch that movie, I, I think that Chris Reed could do better. I think, hey, you know, he could do better than that. And it's even more apparent <laughs> than right, Landon, what, uh, who's much better looking. What do you What do you think, Landon? Uh, I, I, yeah. But is Margot Kidder butt ugly in Superman 1? Huh? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I... Like, I never really liked Lois, uh, Margot Kidder's Lois as a kid. Uh, I can kind of appreciate some aspects of her performance now, but I never really understood that Lois was supposed to be beautiful until I saw Lois and Clark and Terry Hatcher as as Lois. And it's like, oh, Lois <laughs> is supposed to be beautiful. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's hard to look at in that movie. I think she's pretty. 
All right. No comment. All right. So <laughs> moving, uh, moving along here, uh, moving to the next one. Um, all right. So we'll get in the middle now where he, uh, Lex Luthor uh, is doing his fun diabolical plan that they have recycled in, gee, how many movies did they recycle that land plan in, Jesse? Uh, wow. How <laughs> fun. Huh. Yeah, they did that in Superman Returns. They recycled his plan there in Superman Returns. <laughs> that, but uh, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman, what, what do you think of uh, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor? Oh, I think Jesse? he's still the best Lex Luthor ever to appear on screen. We were we were talking earlier uh, that. Uh, Kevin Spacey in Superman Returns was basically asked to be Gene Hackman in the first movies, and why did they just go after Gene Hackman? He could have done it again. He he's a great <laughs> Luthor. He he's a fun Lex Luthor. He's having fun. As he Luthor. is, yeah, and yeah, he uh, this uh this movie takes place before you know, so it's drawing on that comic book continuity of that time. And I don't think Lex Luthor at that time was a billionaire industrialist. Is that right? I think that happened in the mid-'80s somewhere. Landon, do you know yeah, when that happened? Pre-crisis. Uh, pre-crisis, he was just a mad scientist. And then post-crisis, since, um, since it was the-'80s and you had Dallas and Dynasty and uh, and just, you know, big big business going on everywhere, they decided that would be a more interesting take on Lex Luthor, or Luther. Yeah, so in this movie, he's like, a, he's a super genius, uh, criminal genius. He had to have some kind of money, because uh, I always liked his lair a lot, and I always wanted a house like that. <laughs> down there in the uh, subway. He had a cool little swimming pool. Uh, nobody would bother him down there. And if they did, the trains would run him over. <laughs> I, so, I like, what do you think about his uh, lair, Jesse? I, I actually like the fact that you said the, that yeah, that he's a criminal genius because in that movie, he reminds everybody every five seconds that he's a criminal genius. I'm a genius. He yes, does. He got it already. That's why I said that. It's ingrained in my, in my mind. Uh, what do you what do you think about that, Landon? Yeah, I'm about to become unpopular here. Seriously, uh, don't re- I like Lex Luthor? Hackman is Luthor well enough in Part Two, where he's comedy relief to Zod and all of them. But yeah, as as the villain who's supposed to be carrying the movie, I really don't like Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor, and that's Part of the problem I had with Superman Returns, where it was basically just Kevin Spacey doing a Gene Hackman impression, and while uh, Michael Rosenbaum was on the air showing what you could really do with Lex Luthor, and yeah, Michael Rosenbaum's yeah. my favorite because I, I just like the thought of someone who doesn't have to tell me he's a criminal genius, somebody who just shows me. You can feel yeah, free well, to up on him now, because uh, he is unpopular. Cause, now, uh, I think well, totally wrong. <laughs> well, you got you got to look at it this way too. Uh, even in uh, Superman Returns, they were still following that continuity. So his Luther was still not really a, a billionaire. I mean, his Luther only became a billionaire because he swindled that lady out of it. So it's like Hackman's a total different era Luther. It's so spacey. And Rosenbaum is like the new uh, the billionaire industrial Luther. So I, I don't know what what do you call uh, Spacey? An anachronism? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Luther. Uh, but yeah, um, I I do know this uh, from what I've seen, and we're gonna do this movie next week. Um. Jesse Eisenberg is going to be the my least favorite Lex Luthor ever, most likely. <laughs> Agreed. He's the Facebook Lex Luthor. Yeah. So anyway, we'll get into that, you know, and uh, 
based on based on what I've seen in the trailers, he looks horrible, and uh, I know we'll see the the movie hasn't come out yet. So what I see in the trailers, that looks pretty bad. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's a he's a criminal genius who surrounds himself with uh, Otis, who's a nincompoop, um, and Miss Tessmacher, who's just his hot henchman. <laughs> but his plan is actually what's that? And she's not even very loyal. Like, the first chance she gets, she saves Superman. Yeah. Ask for well, a Well, that's a good, que- that's a good uh, thing, because if he had told Superman it wasn't going to where Miss Tessmacher's mother lived, would she have betrayed Lex then? Because she didn't go free Superman until he told her, oh, it's going to Hackensack. And she goes, Lex, my mother lives in Hackensack. And he looks down at his watch and then looks at her and shakes his head, not anymore. So yeah. do you think she still would have betrayed him if if that missile wasn't going where her mother lived? No. Well, possibly, not, but I, again, yeah. Still kind of downplays the criminal genius part. Yeah, sure. I'm going to kill your mom. Have fun. Yeah. yeah, just ignore this person what do you over think, here. Jesse, uh, saving your mom right now. I think yeah. that, uh, in hindsight, that uh, Superman should have went for Miss Tackensack. She's a lot better looking than uh, Lois in that movie. Well, it depends on how her hair is. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I think she. It, it wasn't just about her mother. I think it, you know... Just that her mother died, it dawned upon her, oh, he's murdering billions of people. But this is also the worst plan ever. Yes. <laughs> that has, and uh, Kevin Spacey has. Especially when you see the results of the plan in uh, Superman Returns. Because who wants to live on that crap hole that was built out of the earth from <laughs> the uh, crystals? You know, that. It's all black. It's all. It looks like it's made of ash. It looks like a little bit in a volcano. So and it's got yeah. It's part of it's part kryptonite. And the way that someone set it up is Superman. He can process certain types of radiation very well. Other types of radiation not so well. Like I think ionized radiation he can't handle, and that's what kryptonite is. Which basically means yeah, it's poison to Superman. Still going to give everybody else cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, it, it would have been California, though, in Superman the movie. So he would have had a, if it had worked, if Superman hadn't gotten over there and fixed the San Andreas fault, he would have had a nice, uh, some nice property there. <laughs> the plan was better in the original Superman. I agree. Because it wouldn't have been a big black pat- patch of volcano, but uh, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it seems like that uh, he should have came up with a better plan. It's like, you know, yeah, but it, it's a yeah. very comic book plan. It's a very comic book plan, and that that's why it works. Well, and yeah, the other problem so is uh, there's this uh, web series, How It Should Have Ended, where they show they point out big plot holes toward the endings of movies and how they really should have been resolved. And, yeah, Superman can't get these two missiles that are going in opposite directions, but he can travel around the world so fast that he, that he turns back time. But he couldn't just track down two missiles. Yeah. Really. Well, the only way he could do that is because Lois died and he had to save her. <laughs> he had more of an incentive. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, if you really wanted but to, I, you probably could have caught both of them. You know, I, I, so I, I kind of to, uh, kind of wanted to talk about uh, the scene where he finally becomes Superman. I mean, he finally reveals himself as Superman, um, and he's going around the city doing various things, saving cats, uh, stopping uh, robbers, uh, things like that. And uh, I've always enjoyed the scene where he pulls the cat out of the tree and brings it down to the little girl and says, 
here you go. Uh, here's your cat. Bye. And he flies away, and the little girl runs into the house, tells her mother the truth, and she smacks the crap out of her immediately. Why don't I tell you about yeah. And there's a nice sound effect for that. But uh, anyway, I've always enjoyed that scene because uh, I think you see him flying around and enjoying his powers, enjoying flying, and enjoying being Superman. And I think that's something that's been missing from the last couple of Superman movies, stuff like that, where it's just, oh, it must be fun. Because he looks like he's having fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, he looks like he's enjoying flying. He looks like it's. I just think that's just such a great scene. Yeah. What do you think about that, Landon? Yeah, I, honestly, I think that is one of the problems with Man of Steel, that around the time he decides he's going to be Superman and be out in the open. Uh, about five minutes later, these big, horrible aliens that only he can stop show up. So he didn't just get to spend a day or two flying around Metropolis, saving cats out of trees, just being all playful, enjoying flying around the city, seeing things no one else will get to see, doing nice little pleasant good deeds for people. No, he, he literally is just thrust right into it where, okay, if I fail at this, the world dies. To the degree I'm going to succeed at this, a lot of people are still going to die. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that scene, Jesse? Okay, I have I have two points to make about this. That scene's important because yep. it shows that he enjoys being Superman. He actually enjoys the job. And Man of Steel, by that point, I was so depressed. And he's like, I'm going to come to like, why? You're a jerk. Just go away. But my second point is, is there should have been a scene yeah. where that lady met her kid where Superman just showed up and went, what the hell, lady? God, I heard that all the way across the world. What are you doing? <laughs> I heard that, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but uh, a little dark I don't think this was in. Uh, I don't think this was in the theatrical cut, but in the the 2000 cut, uh, there's a scene of him talking to Jor-El after that, and uh, he tells him how much he enjoyed it and uh, the satisfaction he got from it. Um, and I could take or leave that scene. It's just neat to have it back in there. But uh, you've seen that uh, uh, 2000 like cut, Landon. Yeah, I I really yeah. thought it was great. It it did make it things a little blunt, a little obvious, but on the other hand, it also really just sold that this guy really genuinely enjoys what he's doing, and that makes it even better. It's because there's way too much negativity associated with superheroes a lot of the time, where like they have some kind of dark element in their past that obligates them to continue this whether they like it or not and it was interesting seeing someone who just hey I, I have the abilities to do these things you know it's it would be a great thing for me to do it oh yeah what yeah. do you think about that Jesse I um I always think that what a lot of people have a problem with Superman is they think he's the great boy scout that he does things just out of uh you know, decency, which I never had a problem with. Superman's just a decent person. You know, he's not human, so. Uh, but I'm sure he it, it fills him with a good vibe inside uh, that he does, gets to help people and stuff like that. Um, again, I think that an important ingredient that we hadn't talked about is that uh, those scenes with Cliff Robertson as uh, Paul Kent really show how that Superman was built into that character he became. Because Paul Kent's a decent man, and he taught Clark how to be a decent man. Yeah, he did. Those uh, those little bits there with uh, Glenn Ford as Paul Kent, those are uh, great little moments. He's He's got the, that great talk where uh, Brad is messing with Superman. You know, Brad's messing with Clark. Uh, Clark wants to go out of Atlanta, but he can't because he's got to stay in work. And he shows off. He runs. But the only person that notices him running is uh, the little girl on the train, who's supposed to be Lois Lane as a little girl. And, 
Yeah, that scene uh, where he's saying, son, I don't know why you're here or, or what, but uh, you're here for a reason, and it's not to t- score touchdowns. That is a really nice little scene. Uh, what do you think about that scene, Landon? Uh, I can kind of understand it. The the Lois Lane thing bothered me the more I thought about it. Like, they, I thought they were supposed to be a lot closer to the same age, and he's in high school at that point. But um, but well, yeah, I think in the 2000 cut, you don't know who it is. Uh, I think in the 2000 yeah. cut, it's Lois Lane. But I think in the theatrical cut, you don't really know who it is. Yeah, there. Uh, but yeah, it is a really sweet scene, and it gets referenced in a lot of other media, like just the whole idea that pocket he's carrying around a lot because he has this person that like his son could literally be the best or the worst thing that ever happened in this world and he's the guy who has the responsibility of guiding and shaping that and it's 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 hard but it's worth it oh yeah and uh, I think Jesse talked about this after uh, uh, earlier soon after he dies Paul Kent dies, and uh, at the funeral, uh, Superman's got this awesome line. I've always loved this line. He's like, all those powers, all that stuff that I could do, and I couldn't even save him. Uh, What did you think about that scene, Landon? Uh, Yeah, I think that was another one of those great moments where just Christopher Reeve was really good at selling... Well, I don't know if it was Christopher Reeve at that point in the story, was it? No. It was uh, Jeff East, but uh, Christopher Reeve did the voice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he he was always really good at selling the whole idea of just, like, having all these powers, and then when he showed a real moment of vulnerability, it was almost heartbreaking always. And that was the first one in the series. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I know you referenced that scene earlier, Jesse, but do you have any more thoughts on that? Well, uh, let me just say it this way. When you look at this, that scene uh, where he says, I couldn't help him, I couldn't, you know, I, there's something that even I can't uh, control. Uh, and then you watch the Man of Steel where it's the same exact scene almost, but Paul Kent's killed by a tornado, which Superman could have stopped. He had the power to stop it. He, but Yeah, he uh, did. But, uh, no, like I said, th- th- those are the important moments because those are things that anybody can relate to. Uh, I mean, we've all felt that way, powerless in a, when somebody dies. So, I mean, I, I think that, that just makes the Superman character a little bit more human. Definitely. Not yet. Oh, wow. So, we're wow, we're at the end. All right, well... Uh, Jesse, uh, final thoughts on Superman the movie? Uh, from now on, if I want to make uh, controversial co- comments about how uh, unappealing Margot Kidder is, I'll just shout midget from now on. Uh, I don't <laughs> think Mark is on. I'll tell Mark you said that. Uh, I think he'll appreciate that. Uh, Landon, final thoughts on uh, Superman the movie? Um, really great, beautiful piece of work. It set the standard that everything has been measured by ever since. And um, quite frankly, I can say nothing short of seeing this movie change my life. All right. Um, Yeah, this... uh, I don't know if I can say anything better than anybody else has uh, said here or has written about. This is uh, my favorite uh, Superman movie. Um... And if you're uh, if you're listening, if you listen this far, and you haven't ever seen this because the effects aren't computer effects or something, believe it or not, I run into people who won't watch certain movies because they don't have computer effects, and they go, "Nothing looks real but computer effects." You should really give this a chance and uh, try this out. Like, and I 
I'm probably in the minority against on this, but I think this movie here stands up against any comic book movie coming out today, even still. But uh, we're going to see uh, how uh, Batman v Superman is next week. So that will be our next show. And we'll see you next time.